Welcome to Agency Thinking, the podcast guide to starting or rebooting an agency or bringing the agency mindset into your organization. Agency Thinking is brought to you by business growth coach Mark Kelly. To find out more about how Mark can help boost your business, email mark at markkellyconsultancy.com or tweet him at markkelly333. Agency Thinking is produced by Word and Mouth. On with the show. Episode 4, which is... Carries a lot of value, this one, Mark, doesn't it? It does. Nice pun there from Dave. It's the value proposition episode. This is the one that I dreaded the most of all of the episodes, the one that I fear, Mark. I'm going to, in this episode, uh, talking live to Dave, he he sort of knows this, but we haven't really talked about it that much. Um, I'm going to ask him to come up with, in in the time that it takes to have this uh, podcast recorded, I wanted to come up with a value proposition, one value proposition. I'll talk to you about what those are in a minute. But I wanted to come up with something which would get a prospect, one of his personas that we talked about last time, really engaged and very excited and actually stop for a minute, stop scrolling through their phone, do a handbrake turn, whatever they're doing. Maybe not a real handbrake screech. turn, but, but just screech to a halt and think, boy, that sounds interesting. Yeah. The stuff that Dave does is absolutely going to help my business be mm. better, more profitable, more fun to be with, whatever it is. But Dave is in this session going to have to come up with a value proposition. It's a tough so sell, Mark. It's a very tough sell, but you've got to do it. At some point, you have to get a pen and paper out or get your brain going and think about mm. not talking, which is the key thing with value propositions. So just to frame this whole job, not episode, job. not talking. I can't not talk. Thank you for that. Cheers. Cheers out, Dave. Um, the value proposition is where we need to focus and where you don't want to focus as a business is just talking about your services. It sounds, again, really obvious, but any number of agency websites, any number of creative mm-hmm. businesses, any number of freelance websites, when you just have a quick look around, so many people jump into the, here are our services, which one do you want to buy? And people still do oh, that, man. surprisingly. How do you separate the signal from the noise? You don't, because very often people will put a generic photo or something on there. So I've, and I know I'm not alone in doing this. Uh, in uh, I've only done it a couple of times, but in days gone by, I have literally blanked out the logo on various agency websites and I'm working with a new client and then said, uh, oh, tell me who's who. Oh, um, and the ones that jump out are the ones with a really neat value proposition, the ones that actually uh, make you stop for a second and, and think, wow, an look at the benefit of working with those guys. Cluttered marketplace now. And more than ever, it's so important to be different, to busy. stand apart UK from the competition. 20,000, 25,000. prove your worth, which is why we're talking about value propositions today, which is why you have to sell the sizzle not the sausage. I like that, Dave. That's a very yes. That's a really sell uh, the benefits. Uh, an age not the old, features. wonderful um, uh, take on advertising, isn't it? And marketing, and you've absolutely nailed it. Explain to can people why they're going to come to you. Right. So, oh no, I meant can I go now because I've nailed it. You've nailed it. You know you can't go. You must oh, stay okay. in this this here podcast room. Sit so, drinking this cold coffee for a little while longer. This is what we're going to do uh, for today, Dave, for this session. We are going to look at um, pulling out one thing in the value proposition mm. um, asset 
bank, if you like. Uh, what we normally aim for are three or four different things. Let's just say on our website, it can be on any sales material, but on your website, you want four different ways of explaining the value proposition. Number one is the overall elevator test killer sentence, the one thing, the value proposition. So you are explaining to people the value that you offer their business if they should work with you as a supplier, a service provider, or a partner. So number one is the sentence, which we probably will get done today in some form. Let's hope so. Number two is then you'll often then want a kind of a breakout unpacked paragraph. So when people are scrolling further down the site, something which gives them a bit more information about what it is that you do that is still of benefit to them. You're not at the services yet. You're still at the, this is the benefits bit. Uh, the third thing you then want to do is bullet point three benefits of working with you. Uh, and you can just name check very quickly. You know, uh, clients typically see 25% uh, improvement in their SEO brackets because they work with me and I do all their their content. You've taken the word right out of my mouth. Boom. So that's where you put down your bullet points. And then on the fourth, you would then want to have some kind of testimonials. A, on your website, of course, but also uh, you can pull those across from LinkedIn if you've got them or you get them just direct from clients. Video, potentially. Certainly uh, something which is a very summarized testimonial. And without getting into kind of uh, homepage design, you might have three in little pods across the bottom of the homepage. So number one, elevator pitch, value proposition, one killer sentence. Number two, a longer paragraph. Number three, lists of the benefits. And then number four, some testimonials. So that at a glance, as, as the prospect is looking around your site or landing page, if it's one service that you're selling, you would get all that in one go and think, wow, this guy really offers me value. Mm. It isn't just you saying, I do content or I do SEO audits or I I come in and rewrite your marketing collateral. So what? There are lots of people who do that. What are the benefits of, of us engaging Dave Thackeray and his awesome business? Go. That's it. How simple. Go, Dave. It's so, like a Maslow's hierarchy of value. Yes, Start nice. with the elevator pitch, yep. get the basics right, and get build right. up. But, okay, I've always got a question. Good. Far away. This sounds great to fill up a page with, mm. more than likely going to be your homepage I'm to drive home the message. Although, mm. as we know, the I'm only frowning. homepage on the web these days is Google. Mm-hmm. Mm, when it comes again. to delivering value, I get the sense that that needs to permeate your entire website. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, as a corollary as well, and it's something you might want to address mm. later, I'm mm. curious whether you can embed LinkedIn recommendations on your website or whether you need to copy-paste them, but that's a story for another day. I copy and paste personally. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. I use them. Why not? It only takes a second. uh, Frowny face. Um, So, Mm. but when it comes to the value proposition, one thing that I've always wondered is, do you need to create some, use the word because I'm a geek, repository of content that you can trot out whether you're at a networking event, whether it's your website, whether it's your LinkedIn profile, the personality of the brand mm-hmm. told through a value proposition lens. Because I'm just getting the feeling that if I do those four things, Mark, and they're all very worthwhile to do, don't get me wrong, 
I might end up short when it comes to selling my value at every turn rather than just on one page. There doesn't no, seem like there's sorry, enough that's, there. That's the, no, no, you're right. It's not that, I, uh, that you are starting with your homepage. So you, you Got want, it. you want, um, you want a, a, a lens. So your first lens is I've got a homepage on a brand new website in your case. I'm launching this new agency or consultancy. TBC. Um, TBC. I need to make it really clear that yeah. there's some benefit, there's some value in people engaging with me as opposed to I am a copywriter, I am an SEO consultant or whatever. So I'm starting with a homepage because if you can nail it there mm. as your initial shop window, which is why I mentioned landing pages. So start on the homepage, then you can start tweaking the value proposition and saying, look, I'm actually I'm going to run an advertising campaign. I'm going to run some PPC that I'm going to put a particular landing page together for a specific service mm. and therefore with a particular persona in mind. So and now I've nailed, I've cracked the overall value proposition. I'm going to fine tune it and maybe just tweak it a bit towards that particular audience. So you don't have to have one one killer sentence, excuse me, uh, value proposition, but you do want to um, start in one place. You've got to crack crack the problem to start with, and that will be value proposition on a homepage. You're completely right. I mean, you can and you should go off into potentially creating, uh, uh, although you're not a creative agency, a showreel, which will be you going to talk to people who worked with you and they telling other people what the value was of having Dave Thackeray on board. guess where I'm coming at, Mark, to add to that. That hasn't your question, has it? They were all good things to think about. Is to build a vocabulary or to build something that is extensible beyond that initial piece of work that focuses on those four key elements of your value proposition. So, for example, it might be that you've got not exactly proprietary words, but you've got words that you can lean on and hinge off in other ways yeah, that's, so that people yeah, feel yeah. the consistency of your brand delivered through that frame of value proposition. And it's like, yes. I always, you know what I do, Mark? I always overthink things. And that's just the nature no, of my beast. I think I know where you're going with it. But, but I need you, something yeah. more than just those four things so that whenever I'm talking about the brand or I'm talking about my yet. services and benefits, I'm already there. You're not. You haven't even written them yet. I know. I, I lie, obviously. I clearly but I know do, what you're Mark. saying. You want to be it's able to have a, an arsenal. Something of substance. Exactly. I don't want a pepper shaker, Mark. I want a seven-course banquet. Then your seven-course banquet... This is uh, where to begin, I guess. Yeah, you're okay, starting. So you're, you're, you're starting with having the uh, the thoughts of actually... The and potential. it's not that easy. It's it's really not easy to, to um, start thinking about the value that you... Or sorry, it's not easy to articulate the value that you mm. bring mm. to your clients uh, that prospects will then look at and think, okay, I really get that. So it's a job in itself. So that's why we're starting So there. quick question on top of that as well is, do I, as I embark upon this value proposition exercise, do I rely on the aspects of the framework that have come before? So for example, I'll be taking an eye at my personas. I'll be making yes. sure that it's aligning saved, with what you have those me people you need. Well, yes. no, I'm always happy for you to repeat no, yourself. No, do it. Go, and go, myself. go, Dave, go. You're right. Yeah, that's exactly what you want to do. And we talked about the orbit as well and making yeah. sure that what that value proposition is, is loyal to what I'm hoping to achieve through my business. And so therefore, it's what the people want. We're selling yes. the sizzle, not the sausage. Everything there is focused on what's come before and what's about to come down the train tracks in episode five. It's exactly, yes, it is exactly that. Okay, so great. having done the We're work clear. on your personas, 
um, having thought about the kind of services that you're looking to offer and uh, either now or in the end of the first year or second year, with all of that in mind, Great. what you don't want to be doing is putting out a proposition, for example, that says, uh, um, I help clients deliver websites with amazing UX. Now, you would if you wanted to be uh, a UX designer or UX architect, and it may well be something you've done in the past, so you could say now, with confidence, I help clients build websites with amazing UX, which gives them 25% extra revenue on their mm. e-commerce site in year one. That's quite strong. So, okay, I'll work with you because you're going to get me extra money, 25% more revenue on average at the end of the first year or 125%, whatever it is, because you know your UX. So, but that would be the wrong proposition for you if with your personas in mind or the services you're trying to offer, you're going to be more about content consultancy and you're going to be the content architect. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Dave because I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I don't know, actually, ultimately, yet what all those services will be. So what we're doing because we're doing a podcast is is slightly hypothetical, but you'll have in your mind, which is the question I'm going to ask you in a second, what the lead services that you're going to go out with? What do you want to go and talk to people about? Mm. And we might even have a break, and then by magic, we'll be talking again on the podcast because Dave might be thinking, I'm not going to swear, I haven't sworn on the podcast yet, but Dave might be thinking, oh, crap, or whatever. Well, in good time. I am not sure what my lead service is going to be and therefore how I demonstrate the value and can I put a figure to it. But we're, I'm going to push him on that. So, yeah, you're... you're the proposition is really important because it's got to be talking to the right people, so the right personas, because you want them to get really excited and, mm. and, and really want to hit that get in touch with Dave button on the website because they want to make an extra 25% revenue in their automotive sector. So it's a, the proposition is a, is a mixture of uh, name-checking the sectors yes. that you're interested in, Alluding to, you don't have to say for marketing directors, but alluding to the audience, the key personas that you've got in your mind, and then something tangible like saves 25%, giving you an extra 200% revenue, mm. uh, reducing downtime in, in your web machinery of uh, 3%. It doesn't, for us, it doesn't matter what those numbers are, but you want something tangible as a figure within the, the value proposition. We talked earlier about Sandra and Rod. They were my two chosen personas that in the we last episode. We did indeed. Episode three. Episode three it was, yeah. Which was good, yeah. and that was all about the who. Um, so I've got a little bit of a challenge on my hands now because if you remember, Rod was the go-getting marketing visionary director. Person, he certainly he was, was yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was suffering no fools. Nope. He had a focus on himself. He had a focus on the future. He had a focus on the business. He had a focus on the industry sector. He had a lot going on in his head, but clearly he knew that at the center of that was information. Here's the key thing. As of yet, I'm not exactly sure if Rod and his peers mm -hmm. aren't sure as to how exactly to pitch the value benefit to that persona. Because they're of such a mm -hmm. mindset that they know that it's in a mess and they know that it needs to be put back together again. Now, if they're not in that mindset and they're like, well things are ticking over what do i need somebody to come in as an information consultant to revolutionize my business for it's doing all right if they're in that mindset that's beyond my ability but to sell them that's the case so uh, that's the case with any 
prospective business. There'll be right, times okay. where some people in your market, so if there's absolutely no need for any service, as in there is no market for a service, then uh, don't offer that service. As, I mean, as in literally okay. nobody's interested in that right. service. But if you think there is a need generally for, as you described it, an information architect or an information yeah, consultant, do. then that's a good thing. But mm. it, So if Rod's not ready... Mm. As long as you get the proper, the value proposition right, somebody in that market, if there's a general need for information architect people to come in, architects to come in and sort out all the huge amount of info that's available against that organisation and and make sense of it, and yep. therefore um, play it back in a way that helps with their shareholders, helps them get more of their own end customers, rationalise their website, boost their SEO, whatever it is. What you're, I would suggest, you're looking to do is um, just play back to them the reason that they'd want to work with you. So mm. you're right. It, it could be that Rod at the moment is thinking, I've got 20 different things that the board have asked me to do. I've come mm. in, I'm the new uh, marketing officer, the new CMO, I'm the, I'm the new head of, head of marketing, whatever his job title is. Um, I have got 20 things that I've got to get done for the board. One of them is look at our own content, information, corporate stuff and make some sense of the huge legacy you know the thousands of web pages mm. all the offline repositories of sales collateral blah 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 blah. i just haven't got time to get around to it so it could be that you would look at the value proposition for that and i'm not going to brainstorm this you are dave i might help you with it but but and i generally don't know what it will be but it'll be something along the lines of um when clients work with me um I get to their information hierarchy quicker so that they can then move on to the, the, the business of producing sales and marketing material that sells their product. So rather than waiting three months, typically working with me, I can get them up and running with a complete audit and whatever to the point where the sales data, sorry, the, the, the sales collateral, the marketing collateral is ready within six weeks. So I cut information usage and the benefit of their own corporate information from having to wait three months to get things moving down to six weeks or whatever it is so if i was rod i'd be thinking like i've got 20 things here oh hang on this is interesting because somebody's now saying to me that they can actually accelerate that one area i might as well get it underway i'll get i'll hand it to dave and let him run with it he's not needing a lot of my time so again one of the, the values of working with you could be i know what i'm doing mm. you give me a quick brief as long as it's a comprehensive brief, but you give me the brief, and clients can typically then touch points with me only have to be three times across that engagement. They don't have to hold my hand. So there's a value there working with you versus maybe another content architect or an SEO specialist who um, would want constant work with Rod. And Rod's just thinking, I haven't got the time. I'd love to work with a partner. I don't have time to spend yeah. every single day with him. I only want to talk to him at the start, halfway through the project, and Everything that Dave's told me about his proposition is he's got loads of experience. He can take the brief and be self-motivating and managing enough to know what he needs to do and work within my organization and just touch back base on a on, on an agreed schedule. And, I'm already um, starting to see some opportunities that have flourished as a result of our conversation, Mark, which is great. And mm. I see them as stepping stones mm -hmm. because I've already worked with a lot of organizations, mostly as an employee. So mm -hmm. my consultancy experience is relatively fresh. Yeah. Okay. So 
I can lean on my experience as an employee as evidence that I've got the smarts to achieve what my clients need. Earlier on, I mentioned that you can fine tune and tweak the value propositions for landing pages, etc. But broadly speaking, well, not broadly, definitely speaking for LinkedIn, everyone's going to come back to your profile at some point if you that's where you've been working and working to get their attention. So that's why you want the one value proposition. So that's a harder call, but you want Sandra to basically... Delighted. Delighted to have a look at um, that value proposition and see immediately that you will do all the legwork on a content audit and a rationalization of their website so that they can get on with selling to their members or they can get on with creating a great service for their board. So there's a proposition somewhere which has to re- work for her as well as working for Rod, mm. the the. I mean, I jumped in a bit there, but just to make the point that you want a catch-all proposition that doesn't get too granular. The granular bit when you're then talking to those membership secretaries direct through LinkedIn as a connection request or through uh, a direct message once you're connected would be then you can fine-tune that that proposition to say, my general proposition is this. I work across um, any number of uh, particular sectors, which you can name, to... uh, I can't think of an example. I like this. We're no, riffing. We're riffing, but you, you, well, we are brainstorming. Actually, this is part of the whole mm-hmm. point of this particular podcast. Is that um, you would your your general uh, proposition, your value proposition would be that you know I I help organisations rationalise their content so that they sell more in a shorter amount of time. I cut out the the complete um, unnecessary steps in their the their, their website content journey, their, the user journey, whatever. That's your general position, and I, I typically help them sell 25% more membership fees year on year once they start working with me, so something tangible. But then when you talk to Sandra, I keep saying, is it Sandra? Who do we talk What was the Rod's the marketing director, no, Rod, and Sandra, Sandra is, your is secretary. the ebullient so secretary. Let me just stick with the ebullient secretary. So when you're talking to, to, to Sandra, Sandra's direct, then you can fine-tune that and say, generally, yes, I do help with, with getting 25% more sales for memberships every year by having neater content that fires up potential members for your membership organization. But alongside that, I also typically will uh, enthuse a sales team because they're not having to write their own content. I can write banks of content for the sales mm. team who are out there selling to those members or whatever it is specifically that the secretary, Sandra, will think, Oh, that's actually even more relevant to me. So why I'm rambling on about this thing is to say, when you talk to Sandra Direct, then you can really fine-tune your value proposition. But you've got to keep bringing it back to having an overarching value proposition, which is generally Mm. for the overall personas, the sectors, and those individuals within it who you're going to, particularly for LinkedIn, going to get one chance for them to stop for a second and think, this guy sounds like he's going to offer us value. He hasn't mentioned his services particularly he's going to actually do some stuff that's a benefit to us. You've given me many more things to think about (laughs) than perhaps were in my head previously. And I think if I was admitting it, um, which I'm about to, is that I'm not crystal clear on, and I'm sure this is not just me, I'm sure there are lots of people who share this frustration, is pinpointing exactly where the value is for the customer. And it's so easy for us to imagine that the customer is us. 
and it's so easy. Uh, just while you were chatting before and you were giving us those, and we'll cover them in a little bit more depth very sh- very soon. I'm, I'm conscious of time as well. You, you talked about the four different elements of the value proposition. Uh, and while you were talking about the first one, you know, I was thinking of uh, consistent, coherent, captivating, customer-centric content. A, it speaks very much to me. It's got the alliteration and that really epitomizes what I'm saying. When I went to a workshop a good few years it's ago not a now, proposition, though. it's terrible. Um, when I went to a workshop a while back and uh, I got a very quiet round of applause when they said, what's your value proposition? I said, well, I turn websites into gold mines because at the time it was some way towards helping the customer visualize what I could do for their business. That's moving towards a very proposition. It yeah, is. Yeah. But I still, if I'm going to be completely honest, which I am always with you, Mark, and so our listener, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not there at the crossroads where I could turn left to success or I could turn right to failure. At the moment, I'm just on a one-way road to failure. So I think I need to be very much more specific in terms of the value in the eyes of my customer. Yes, you do. I genuinely don't believe that I'm there yet. And I'm hoping that by the time we get to the end of this series, I'll be a lot more clear. Well, just on that note, no, you're you're probably, not surprisingly... Professional. It's a very good... Well, you're absolutely Priest right. Kelly. You... you uh, really, if you've never done what we're doing, we're going to do in a minute, which is to actually start thinking about a value proposition, a, a, a um, an overarching one for your Ooh. business. And bearing in mind on this one, this is it's kind of difficult, all, isn't yeah, it? I've got to chart the but, truth of the hero's but journey. It's also difficult for you because whilst we've been doing this as a podcast, what what mm. we haven't collectively done, which we would do in real life is spend a half a day workshopping your personas, spend a half a day um, critiquing the sectors that you feel you want to work for, but also then we'd look through and say, well, where's the the business benefit in that? What's your experience in that area? So all the stuff that you would do, which we've already talked about Mm. briefly, to have some substantiation to what your business will be about Mm. would help you get to a value proposition. So your nice alliterative Mm. uh, one-liner that you mentioned a minute ago. It's just writing, isn't it? is not a value proposition. No. It sounds really nice, and it's the sort of thing that you might have as a kind of a slogan or a sign-off yeah. somewhere elsewhere on the website. So there's nothing wrong with it. It sounded quite neat, actually. Mm. But it's not a really saying what the benefit is. And the second one, which was turning your website into a gold mine, nice, is off the top of my head, and as, as you've just sort of mentioned it there, mm. It's the beginnings of a value proposition because what you did was exactly as you would do with me in a networking meeting or if I come to your website. So if you say something like turning your website into a gold mine, I'm beginning to think, oh, that's okay. You're beginning to tell me a little bit about why I'd work with you as opposed to just seeing the word content architect. It's like, well, what does that mean? I don't quite know. I'm Sandra or I'm Rod. Mm. I'm not 100% even Rod, who's a CMO. I, I think I know what you mean by content architect, but what I mean might not be the same. And he's still not telling me how that helps my business um, uh, employ and engage a content architect. But if you say something like, as you have done, basically what that means is that I turn websites into gold mines. Then two things happen. One is you're beginning to tell me about the value. So I think, okay, that's, so there's a value to my business of working with you because gold mine implies ka-ching, there's going to be lots of revenue on our site. Could be e-commerce. Could be just converting people quicker. 
but then I'm still hesitating a bit because there's nothing tangible behind that. So the the extra bit on that value proposition would be, uh, I work again. We're making this up. We can, you know, you can. Well, I'm going to ask you in a minute to to have a think. We might even stop the recording so you can have ten minutes of coming up with something. We'll do an exercise. But you might say, I'm starting with uh, turning my website into a gold mine. But to actually make that a bit more tangible for people, uh, I'll add some extra stuff in there to say, uh, you know, I help client, I help um, uh, uh, corporates because that's broadly where you're speaking with both of those personas. I help corporates or I help membership organizations typically um, ration, rationalize or revamp their, their their web content such that they get 25% more inquiries, direct inquiries or conversions, 25% more traffic through SEO and 25% of those uh, more in terms of conversions uh, than they do before they work with me. So it's kind of, so that's a gold mine, but it's a less nice expression, but it's less of a sales message and it's more believable because you're saying you've given them something tangible. So typically, A, you've mentioned membership organizations. Oh, that's me. I'm interested and that's, you know, so immediately I think you're talking to me if that's your key audience. Um, and typically you get, you help me do something that gets me 25% more traffic. Okay, I'm really interested now because 25% more traffic is good. But then you're also saying of that, another 25% or 10% of those, typically for a client engagement, 10% more uh, actual conversion to signed up membership. You're not even then talking about the the, the uh, average kind of lifetime value. But if it's a membership where somebody's paying you £500 a year on a fee, and you do the numbers for them, I know you're not talking to them individually, but just broadly speaking, you say, uh, within the first year, typically large membership organizations see an extra £250,000 worth of written business. I mean, you could you could go down the route of being really that bold. Then you can unpack it when you go and talk to prospects about what you mean by that is based on £500 membership per year. It's based on typical corporate membership organization having 150,000 members and they all pay that money or whatever it is and your 2% conversion because of your brilliant content strategy and your content auditing and the fact that you are the best uh, um, architect of content inverted commas all things content across the UK if you can make some kind of thing which we talked about earlier on about your proof points if they can look down and say this must be true because there's some testimonials from the AA the RAC the TUC whoever it doesn't matter who it is then they're going to start listening to you. So just to play all that back, I like what you just said there. I hadn't heard it before, you know, the way you describe it, turning your website into a gold mine. But I'd say, no, don't stop there. Mm. Put some real information or something that's a bit more tangible behind it. But the overall idea of that is great because what you didn't say to me was, I do, when you talk to people, I do content architecture. I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a content uh, strategist. I am a copywriter. They're services, aren't they? I'm a UX consultant. I'm a designer. I am a web developer. Not you, but you know, you're not starting with services. You're, you were moving towards a value proposition. You I've just got a sausage, Mark. It more. You've I got a sausage. A Make it... Yeah, it's all gone a bit Alan Partridge at that point, but we'll stop on that bit. I but wonder yeah, whether we now take this conversation briefly offline yeah, I and want you to do, come we, back. I want you to do some work now, Dave. With something really exciting. I want you to... Uh, Dave has got in front of him... Well, he's, got a, he's got a can of Coke, so he's going to be even more buzzier than usual because he's going to finish that. He's also got a coffee, so I'm a bit worried now. But Dave is now going to take pen and paper and start thinking about some kind of value proposition. And then he'll come right back. Back in a tick. 
Thanks for listening to Agency Thinking, your guide to starting or rebooting an agency or bringing the agency mindset into your organisation. Agency Thinking is the work of business growth coach Mark Kelly. To find out more about how Mark can help your organisation thrive, email Mark at markkellyconsultancy.com or tweet him at markkelly333.